and okay. all right uh glad to be back with you tonight uh, today i uh, actually is about uh, two maybe three years ago i had the privilege of being in your church with you and on mother's day and uh, brought the mother's day message at that time so today i'm honored to be with you again and be able to uh, bring uh, Father's Day message. And so, uh, you know, it, it's important to think about uh, fathers. It's important to honor our fathers. And because we, when we properly honor our fathers on this earth, then we can properly honor our heavenly father. And uh, if, if we don't honor our fathers here, then we cannot really properly honor our heavenly father. Now, I know that really, really uh, in speaking uh, realistically at our, uh, our earthly fathers often fall short. In fact, our subject today, King David fell short of being a completely good father. And, you know, this is, this is very difficult, but at the same time, we need to realize that in some way, uh, our earthly fathers gave us uh, something that has led us to where we are today and that uh, has, has given us something that led us, that caused us to, to come to Christ, come to God, and to be able to be here in church together today. Now, as we uh, consider this morning, let's look at our, uh, our PowerPoint, and we're gonna start here with uh, uh, just wishing you happy Father's Day. Our text will be from the first chapter of First Kings, and we're really going to focus on just two verses. The, the whole chapter is very interesting as it talks about uh, uh, David being sick. The first four verses talk about him being sick. And as you see the, the treatment that David gets there, that is not a recommended treatment for anyone who's sick. That is just an insight, a picture into the uh, primitive medical situation that they had during the time of King David. But uh, the Bible has been very truthful, and so it let us see that picture of, of what life was like during that time. So we look in verses 5 and 6, and as we look in verses 5 and 6, we, uh, we see that, uh, let's read it together. It says, now Adonijah, the son, uh, fourth, actually the fourth son of David, whose mother was Haggith, put himself forward and said, I will be king. So he got chariots and horses ready with 50 men run ahead of him. Now here's the clue right here. It says his father had never interfered. This, his father, King David, had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave as you do? He was always very handsome and was born next after Absalom. So as we... <clears throat> As we think about fathers today and their influence on us, it is very important that fathers have the opportunity to shape the life of their children. So we as Christian fathers, as God followers, of, uh, fathers who are God followers, we realize that we have the opportunity to influence and to shape our children's lives so that they can be even more faithful to the Lord. Well, let's look at this next slide here and we see that excuse me, we see that the results of absentee fathers or the results sometimes of bad fathers, 
Uh, overall, some of these statistics, this is uh, from uh, uh, James Dobson's uh, Focus on the Family. And it says men commit over 90% of the major crimes of violence. So, you know, without a good influence in their life, this happens. David, yes. at the moment you're not sharing your slides, are you wanting to? Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you for sharing, telling me that. Okay, is this better? Is that better? No. I Still think. not there. Hmm. All right. Well, I thought we had this set up. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. Press the green button, the share screen, and then uh, find the slide that you... Oh, I bet that's what I didn't do. Yes. Let's go back here. All right, let's see, share screen. Okay, now let's try this. Okay. Um, now that little thing down at the bottom that you mentioned. Now, is that up there now? Uh, no, not yet. Still not there. Hmm. Well. Ah, uh, Jimmy Cricket. Um, let's see, what else can we do here? Yeah, that's better. So, yeah. Okay, all right. Thank you. Okay. I apologize for my lack of technical skill, okay? <laughs> uh, but thank, uh, glad you are patient with me. But anyway, from, from these figures here, of, uh, from James Dobson, it says that men commit over 90% of the major crimes of violence. At the same time, men also commit 99.9% .9 of the rapes commit 95% of the burglaries, 94% of the drunk drivers, 70% of the suicides, and 91% of the offenders against family and children. So this gives us some idea of, of uh, how bad it can be when fathers do not have a good influence upon their children. But when we think about this, when we uh, think about this, we may also realize that, uh, you know, God has a place and a plan for fathers in the family. Josh McDowell, he said this, he says, rules without relationships lead to rebellion. And that's what we see in our text for today is that there was a rebellion against King David because he didn't have the good relationship with his children that he should have had. When we look to the Bible for advice, we are wise. The Bible, God's word, has much to say for the, the life circumstances in which we, we live. It has advice for an individual that needs instruction for uh, him or herself. It has instruction for Christians as they grow to be more Christ-like. It has instruction for husbands and wives and their relationships. It has advice for parents as well. And sometimes 
as we read the Bible, the advice is in the form of a bad example, uh, which we should not follow, such as we can read the life of Samson in the Bible, and we see actually a life that we shouldn't really follow all the things that Samson did and such. We look at, in the New Testament at Peter. Peter had a brashness about him, and yet, uh, and, and we shouldn't follow that side of Peter's life. But yet Peter began to be transformed into Christ's likeness, and he became a great vessel and a great tool for the Lord. So as we consider today's text out of 1 Kings uh, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, we see the results of a father, King David, who had not given the proper attention and the guidance to his children. And consequently, his children rebelled against David, and there were unfortunate results. And we can see in several of David's children ungodly qualities that should have been corrected in their lives as they were growing up. But of course, David is not the only father who apparently did not give godly counsel and guidance to his children. We look here in 1 Samuel, and we see here in 1 Samuel, the high priest, the high priest of uh, Israel, Eli. It says, Eli's sons were wicked men, and they had no regard for the Lord. Further, it tells us about Eli's sons. It says, I told, uh, this is uh, God's judgment upon them. I told him I would judge Eli's family forever because the sin that he knew about, the sin Eli knew about, his sons made themselves contemptible and Eli, the father, failed to restrain them. And so, we have that uh, section. So we take notice that Eli himself did not seem bad, but he allowed his children to go without guidance, without the restraints and so forth. And so all of them ended up being judged. Now, another person, another person who has a sterling reputation as a servant of God is the prophet and the high priest and the judge Samuel. Samuel was highly respected and had two sons. And each year, Samuel went on a long circuit to judge the affairs of the people of Israel, went around the country judging and so forth. Consequently, that kept him away from his family for long periods of time. And the children, and it kept him away from the children during their young and formative years. And without that proper guidance from the father, the sons grew wicked. We can see here what said about Samuel's sons in, uh, let's see here. There we go. Uh, it says, but his sons did not walk in his ways. Samuel was good, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, and they accepted bribes and perverted justice. And so when we see that, we see, unfortunately, a good servant of God, but yet he did not give good instruction, good guidance to his children. Of course, then there's David himself that we read about today, who had six sons born to him while he was living in the city of Hebron. And later, when he had moved to Jerusalem, had many other children. But four of his sons that we can consider today are first one, Amnon, Daniel, Absalom, and then Adonijah. Now, let's consider those each of those. The first one, Amnon. He lusted after his younger sister, Tamar, Tamar, and he ended up raping her. That's, of course, not good. Absalom eventually 
killed his older brother Amnon for the way that he had treated Tamar. So you have two sons here, both, you know, one raped his sister and the other one ended up killing his older brother. Absalom himself eventually rebelled against his father, David. And David and his court had to flee out of Jerusalem because of the rebellion. Absalom then was then killed by the uh, general Joab. And we don't hear much about David's son, Daniel. Uh, it's thought that possibly he died when he was fairly young. So we don't hear much about him. But in today's text, we hear about the fourth son. And David lay in his bed, old and feeble, about to die. And his son, Adonijah, leads a rebellion and claims to be king to succeed David. Now, there are two things that we can note about the behavior of David's sons here. Their bad behavior was recorded after David had committed adultery. See, David's sin came first, the adultery. He set a bad example for his children. And then we begin to see how his family fell apart here. And so David had committed adultery, and then he had the husband of the lady he had relationships with. He had that husband killed. David had set that bad example before his children. And consequently, the children discarded godliness after their father. If, you know, David can discard godliness, then the children begin to do it. And David, of course, we know, repented and came back to God. But the children never, never did. The children, what it tells us, the children will notice what our actions say about how we should live. They may hear us talk. They may hear us pray, they may, but they will look at our actions and our behavior. The parents may always talk about loving the Lord, but if their actions or behavior does not match up with what the parents say, the children will follow the example of the behavior that's lived before them. So if the parents have bad tempers and are often angry, the children will tend to develop a pattern of anger in their lives. And if the parents do not truly set the Lord as a priority in their lives, the children will follow that example instead of following what the parents might say about the Lord. I'll share with you a story. In America, many parents place an emphasis on sports. And so from even preschool age, children are enrolled in basketball teams, baseball teams, football teams, and so forth. And and they have schedules that they play and they go to practices and so forth. And the parents pay out huge sums of money for uniforms, equipment, and special camps for training these children. And then a lot of money and time taking their children to the games. And sometimes the games are in another city. And they, so they take the time to go over there. So in times past, these games were never played on Sunday because of church. And they were never played on Wednesday night because in America, many churches have schedules and programs on Wednesday nights. But now, in this day and age, a lot of the games are scheduled on Sunday and throughout the week. And what do the parents do? The parents take their children out of church, skip church, and go to the games instead. Their God has become sports and trying to develop into a successful player on these, in these sports. So they have whole shelves and bookcases full of 
team trophies from these sports, but no Bibles from which the parents read to their children. Sad, isn't it? Sad. So let me ask you, if a parent tells their children that they are Christians, but then they take their children to play ball instead of taking their children to Bible study and worship, what will the children learn from their behavior? They'll learn that the ball game is more important than the church, won't they? The children will realize that God is not important to their fathers and their mothers. So God will be not important to the children. The children learn from their parents' behavior more than from what the parents say. So it's the responsibility of the fathers and the mothers to lead the children in the right way. That's, that's a basic part of it. The parents need to reprimand the children when the children are doing wrong. Now in Asia, what do we call those little preschool children that need reprimanding? We call them little emperors, don't we? <laughs> if you, you've heard that term, little emperors. And uh, you know, parents look the other way sometimes and let the children get by with that. But we need to be careful to correct our children and to guide them in the right way. So in our text this morning, we see in verse six, it says here, his father had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave as you do? That seems like a very simple reprimand, doesn't it? But his father never even questioned and if the father never gives any correction, the children will not know the difference between right and wrong. We also know that when the father gives the correction, the children will give it more attention. Uh, again, sociologists have studied this, and they found that when the father sits down with a child and says that behavior is wrong, the child will take it more seriously than when the mother sits down with them. Now, that isn't to say the mother cannot correct and reprimand a child, but the children take it more seriously when the father sits down with them. So we see this failure of David with his other children as well. When Amnon had raped his sister, there is no indication that David reprimanded Amnon in any form. Consequently, this caused Abs Absalom to be upset and, and uh, uh, that Amnon was not punished. And then eventually Absalom went to do the punishment by killing his brother. Second of all, when Absalom did kill his older brother, there is no record, there is no record of David reprimanding him. So Absalom gets away with it. And then Absalom took courage that he could do anything. And then he rebelled against David and had himself proclaimed as king and led an army of men toward Jerusalem. David and his court, his court members had to leave the city, had to run out of the city to escape. But eventually the general Joab caught up with Absalom and killed him, even after David asked for Absalom's life to be spared. So now in today's text, 1 Kings chapter one here, in today's text, Adonijah takes courage that his brothers had never been punished. His brothers had never been reprimanded or rebuked by David. So now David is old and weak and about to die. And Adonijah leads a rebellion and declares himself to be king. But Adonijah is defeated by uh, people who are faithful to David, Nathan the prophet and uh, Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. 
and others. And then Solomon is set up on David's throne and rides the king's mule and the city of Jerusalem cries out that Solomon reigns. What happened is that David did not condemn Adonijah. And Adon, eventually, Adonijah also rebelled against Solomon and was killed. So how much trouble, how much devastation can be seen in David's family because David did not show fatherly leadership and correct his sons? How much trouble can we see in our society today because parents do not give proper counseling and guidance to their children? Does the Bible give us guidance about how we should lead our children? Yes, it does. Let's look here. Here in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, it says, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. We could say he who spares the rotan in, in Asia, we can say that. Well, that doesn't mean we have to beat our children. It doesn't mean that. We need to be careful to discipline them in proper measure. But he who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, it's not just that verse. Let's look at another verse here in Proverbs, in chapter 19, verse 18. It says, discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death. Isn't that interesting? That parents willingly send their children into trouble and into a bad life because they have not given direction to their children as they grow up. Fathers, we have a responsibility to talk to our children, to guide our children, to pray with our children, and to go with our children to church so that they see it's an important thing to not only be our child, but also to be a child of God. We look at another passage here that uh, uh, from Proverbs, it's uh, chapter 22 and verse six. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Now, today I hear some parents say, oh, well, I'll just let my child decide for himself whether he wants to go to church or not. You know what? That is a falsehood. Because if you don't lead your child to church, nobody else is going to do it. In fact, they'll lead him from church. And so it's the parent's responsibility to help that child to know about God, to know about Jesus Christ, to know about the love and to know about the promise and the good life that can be had in a heavenly relationship with God. Another passage we want to look at here is uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 13. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rotan, he will not die. Now, again, <laughs> we need to be careful. We're not talking about abuse. We're not talking about beating children. I, I, that is not right to, to abuse or beat a child. But it is very proper, very proper to discipline a child. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I can tell you myself, I, plenty of times growing up, my mother and my father used the American version of the Rotan. And uh, and I did not I did not die. They, it was good for me, and it helped to set my uh, set my life on the right track. 
So many parents become busy with their careers. They become busy with their own hobbies. They become busy with their own interests and they neglect their children. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Now that means what if, what if we gain prosperity? What if we become uh, uh, equal to Bill Gates? What if we become equal to some of the other rich men in the world? And yet if we don't give God the right measure and the right faithfulness to him, we've lost our soul. Well, you know, this same verse, if we, if we think about it, and we're not, really change, we're not really taking this out of context. What if we change this verse just a little bit and we say, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet he forfeits his children? What if you become prosperous in whatever you're doing and yet your children become wild and unworldly? Everything we have is useless and for nothing if we lose our children. So we need to give them the attention. We need to give them the guidance that's necessary to bring them up in the proper way. And they need to see that God is important to us. See us reading the Bible. See us praying in the home, not just at church, but in the home. See us trying to live godly standards. And we bring that child up and set the example for them that needs to be set before them. And yet too often, yet too often, we see successful captains of industry, winning politicians, respected men in the community, leaders in the church, but their children are untaught. Here in Malaysia, we say Quran Ajar, huh? Yeah, Quran Ajar. And their children go wild. They have won in their own eyes, but they have lost their children. We need fathers. We need parents who are giving godly counsel and guidance to their children, who are leading their own children to love the Lord Jesus and to make obedience to Jesus a priority in their life. Let's look at this little poem they have here. Whoops. Yeah. It says, there are little eyes upon you, and they're watching night and day. There are little ears that quickly take in everything you say. There are little hands all eager to do everything you do. And a little boy who's dreaming of the day, he'll be like you. Do you want your children to become like you? You need to set that good example. You need to set that faithfulness to God that they can see for you. Mothers and fathers, for that matter. You see, you need to remember that children are watching you and I. The children are watching the parents and learning from our behavior. Do they see us making obedience to Jesus Christ a priority in our own life? Do they see us humbling ourselves to follow him? That's what's important. 
We put Jesus first. And they see that as a priority in our life. And it becomes a priority in their own life. Oh, Father's Day, we can have cakes, we can have special meals, we can have presents and gifts and so forth. And all of that's nice. But the nicest thing that we can have is to see that our children are following the Lord. And the best person to lead that child to follow the Lord is their father. I pray today that you might be setting a good example for your children. And the first thing you need to do is make a priority of Jesus in your life. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we come together with our brothers and sisters out of the International Baptist Church. We're thankful, Lord, that they are faithful this morning to tune in to hear your word. And Father, we pray that you guide each one of us, those who are listening, and me, myself, that you'd guide us, Lord, that we might serve you and serve you well to bring up the children that you have given to us, a precious gift that you've given to us, that we bring up these children to know you and to honor you, that, Father, they might serve you well and live life well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's been a joy to be back with you, and I pray that sometime I'll be able to join you again. I ask God's blessing. It's upon you and happy Father's Day. Goodbye.